for touchdowns now in postseason history. Mahomes down the field. Yes! And he's up and in. Bouncing off the ground for the touchdown. Tyreek Hill. Third down and four. As Rodgers throws, it's Adams! Makes the catch and will take it in for his second touchdown today. 45 yards from Rodgers to Adams on third down. Fake it. Allen. Deep shot. Touchdown! On the line to Stefan Diggs. What a connection. Allen and Diggs have been doing it all season. Three. First and goal. Herbert still has it. Herbert's going to take it in for the touchdown. Welcome to the NFL. And we are back for another episode of the Rival Fans Clyde Podcast. I am your host, Louis Damiano, alongside Philip Damiano, and of course, the lovely Anthony Saggio. Nick, are the, the Islanders are not playing tonight, so Nick is at work, I'm assuming. He will be sending his no, picks. No, they are playing tonight. Oh, the Islanders are playing. Sag is texting Nick. In all caps, saying, Nick, send in your picks. Because he has not sent in his picks yet. Well, it is intermission, so if he's at the Islander game, oh, he you should are, be on his You phone. already know Nick is making his rounds, doing his laps around the concessions at UBS Arena. It's like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm a, oh, yeah, I'm a season ticket holder. How are you folks doing? You know, he's doing that thing. He's like, oh, let me see who uh, is at the game tonight. And, you know, I could, you know, show off. Um... Oh, what, what were we doing? Um, it's championship weekend. Last week, it was divisional weekend. The, the week before that, it was wild card weekend. So now, it's championship weekend. Next week, it'll be Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl weekend before, of course, the Super Bowl. Um, we are going to preview the games and give you our picks against the spread later on in the show. But... The latest news, um, you know, around the NFL, we have some head coaching hires. The Giants... Um, Announced they hired Joe Shane earlier in the week. It was him and the two others um, that were in the running. Joe Shane gets a job. Now the focus is on the head coaching search. Phil, your initial thoughts as you do your analytics homework. Oh, my God. This analytics homework is killing me. But, yeah, I mean, I said it on our Me and Lou's radio show at school last Friday. I After we did our podcast, we did on the podcast on Thursday nights, and then we have a radio show on Fridays. On Friday, I thought that the Giants would hire Brian Flores because – when you look at the teams in New York and you see how, you know, in recent years, going back a, a few years, you've seen them go with the rookie head coach, the inexperienced manager, and it hasn't worked out. And now you're seeing a trend in New York where they want guys with experience. You see Tom Thibodeau, you see Gerard Gallant, you see now Buck Walter, and you, you see it everywhere except the Brooklyn Nets. I think they're the only team who went with Steve Nash, a rookie head coach. So I think the Giants, do they want to go? Rob Sala. Yeah, well, Rob Salai. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> so the Nets and the Jets are the two other, like are the only two teams everyone else recently has gone with the veteran. Yeah, Buck Showalter. So are the Giants going to say we're going to go with the rookie head coach for the third time in a row or fourth time in a row? Fourth time I in got, a row? I got to be honest with you. No, so th- oh fourth. Holy the, are shit. they are they are the Giants that's the question. Are the Giants going to go Four straight times with a rookie head coach when the previous three have not worked out. Well, um, it, that could be the, that could very well happen with if you know if they hire Brian Dable, the other two finalists. We saw Leslie Frazier; he's going to be getting his interview Friday morning at nine a.m. He's been a head coach before in Minnesota. 
Uh, we all know Brian Flores with Miami. So two of the three finalists have been a head coach before. Brian Dable would, of course, be the one um, who would be a first-time head coach. I just got to say something. So, Sag, the Mets had a press conference earlier this week talking about their um, their hirings for, for you know, the rest oh, of the coaching Oh, was that like staff? the random press conference the, on a Tuesday? The most random press conference you'll ever see because we're in the middle of a lockout, first of all. You know, Remember before, right, right as we were leading up to the lockout, that deadline where it felt like it was a trade deadline. Everybody's got to get those signings in, right? Yeah, yeah. Ever since where like clock struck midnight and we went into a de- uh, into a lockout, I haven't I haven't really paid attention at all to baseball. Uh, yeah, it's not that I lost interest. It's like there's just nothing to l- so look I, at. I see I see the picture of Epler and Showalter together at the table, and I'm like. Holy shit! I'm like, I totally forgot these two guys are running the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I took. I totally took my mind off it just because. What is there to follow? There's no season. You can't mention players. Like it's and it's just. I I saw a picture of like you said, Showalter and Epler, and I'm just like, wait, we have them. I'm like, I know. I was like, oh, this is good. We have Showalter running the show here. I'm like, we're in good hands. And for God. me though with like the whole lockout yeah when you say you haven't been into it at all it's because if you're into it it's like it's it's going to kill you you know what i'm saying if you're constantly looking for updates reading articles on the updated labor situation you're you're just like oh my god like i feel like that it'll add more stress so i feel that if you're yeah. not paying attention yeah. to it and yeah. just waiting for it to end it's yeah, much better like, i remember that when the because remember like that that's like all those free agent signings. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, that was the best. Then, that was, that's when baseball was at its peak. I right think there. baseball needs that. And then, I think at yeah. some point, like if, like in the future, because you know how like in the NHL, they'll have like a, a Christmas break, like a holiday break where during like this, these, this four day stretch or five day, five day stretch, you can't make any moves. I feel like in the MLB, there should be a point where it's like, all right, after this moment, you can't make, you know, any moves for X amount of time, whether it be like a week two weeks, a month, something like that where, all right, there's a break. We're going to have a flurry of moves, and then it's like, all right, we're off. But then I think at some point, moves have to start happening again. Like, I think we've reached a point where it's like, okay, you know, you don't realize, but the signing of Max Scherzer was almost two months ago. It was, it's like two months ago already. No, it w- It's scary, too. Max Scherzer has been a Met for two months. But let's go back to the Giants because, Sag, I ask you, you know, I tweeted out today because – it, I think it shocked a lot of people. I think that, I saw this. Tweet. It shocked a lot of people that Brian Flores um, was was fired. I think it oh, shocked yeah, a lot yeah, of people. I saw this tweet. Right, Brian Dable, what he did with with Josh Allen two years ago, and then what he just did, you know, this past season, especially when you saw what he did in the playoffs, he put on a show. He put you know his offense on display for all the other teams that have a head coaching opening. Right, so we all know what Brian Dable could do offensively and what he's done to develop Josh Allen. And then you talk about Brian Flores, and everybody always says you should be, you know, you should be up there for coach of the year. I can't imagine one of these guys not getting a head coaching opportunity. But if Brian Dable does not go to the Giants, right, and Brian Flores doesn't go to the, like, I can't imagine, like, one of them's going to get the job. I'm assuming one of them's going to get it, but the one who doesn't get it, I can't imagine them not getting a job. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, listen, Flores proved he's a winning head coach. I mean, listen. 
when the game was on the line the last week of the season, back-to-back uh, years, he didn't win, but he still has a winning record. He had two back-to-back winning seasons with the Dolphins. Unfortunately, the first year, they won 10 games and didn't get in. That's very hard to do. It's very rare that it happens. Last uh, This past year, it came down to the second-to-last week, and they lost to what was the one seed in the Titans. I mean, I think Dable could be a great head coach. I think he's a great offensive-minded coach in in general I just don't know if for the Giants it would be the right step in taking um another rookie head coach but here's here's my thing right I, I have nothing against I, know, I, know, I, know. I think he would be that, a great a, head coach so I just don't know if it's you, the right you fit. ask you ask me right now and re- listen we're talking about this on Thursday night at what time is it it's 805 Thursday night Friday morning Friday afternoon Friday evening Saturday morning I mean the, Shane and Mara have said by Saturday morning we could have a we could have a we can have the news of who's going to be the next Giants head coach. But here's the thing, okay? Matt Eberfus just got a job, right? Matt Eberfus. Josh, okay. Mc, Josh McCown might become a head coach for the Houston Texans, right? Brian Flores has been rumored to kind of maybe Who was the other guy? Like, oh, the, the Lions Lock- Ward. No, 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 no. The, um, the, who did the Broncos hire? Oh, um, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, him, Hackett. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't think you can really question... You know, his credentials, he's been an offensive coordinator for a long time. He was at Syracuse in college, and he was he started in the NFL with the Bills, and then he moved on to a— Oh, he was a Bill? Yeah, he started off—he was when, he was the offensive coordinator when E.J. Manuel was the quarterback. And Doug, oh, God. And, and Doug Marone was the was the head coach. Um, so he's been around the league. He's been he's worked with some of the best quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and he's been on winning teams. But when you see, like, uh, some of these candidates out there, right— how I mean, how does how does Brian Flores, Brian Flores if he doesn't get the giant job, he he's got to be a head coach somewhere, right? Oh, I, and if he's not a head coach, is he gonna is he gonna take a defensive coordinator job or is he just gonna sit out? Did the next Bears season? did the Bears interview Flores? I think so. I was gonna say I'm surprised they went ahead and went after well, Eberfuse. It's, 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 it's the it's the connections because they had Bill Polian in the process and Bill Polian, um, his connections with Eberfuse and all those people over there. So. I like a lot of people just connected the dots that Eberflus was probably going to be the guy. You think maybe if, hypothetically speaking, let's say the Giants get uh, Dable, mm-hmm. do you think that the Texans would be more inclined to go full force at Flores? See, I think that to potentially keep I Watson. Th- I think that well. I don't I, listen. Well, I the reason saw that, why the reason why Deshaun yeah. Watson has wanted to go to Miami is because of Brian Flores. But I've seen and I've heard that if Brian Flores does go to Houston. He still wants out just because he wants to get away from that front office and the owner. Like he, he okay. has no problem with the GM. He had no problem with David Culley. It's just the owner. He wants to get away with all those guys and that other you know weirdo um, who's in that front office. That's that, also so. the owner who said the all the players were pr- prisoners, right? I have no idea. I I honestly I don't even pay attention. Who is it? Cal, like McNair or something? Cal something McNair like that. Something? It was a while ago where one of the owners was like, "We can't let the prisoners yeah. run the prison." Yeah, but here's the thing because and me and Phil have talked about it. And this is this is something that you have to consider, right? You know, when you if you want to bring in a guy like Brian Flores, okay, he's going to be in control of that defense. You know that defensively they're going to get things worked out, right? You know that this team is going to fight. It's and it's I got to be honest. If if you had to choose between Flores and Dable, Flores is going to be the guy that has some juice. You know, he's going to oh, yeah. get he's going to get this fan base excited. He's going to bring credibility. He's going to bring you know. Um, I I would say stability to an organization that has at two year, every two years has changed head coaches. I think you're going to see some 
Um, I think you're going to see players around the league. You know, you see a guy like Deshaun Watson. He wants to play for Brian Flores. I think you're going to see other players around the league say, hey, I want to play for Brian Flores. I think that's what you're going to get, right? But if you bring Brian Flores in, number one question, especially with the Giants, is who's going to be in control of this offense, right? So you've seen teams, right? You say, oh, we have a young quarterback. We want to develop. They hire defensive coaches, and then they hand the keys over to an offensive coordinator, and he's basically running the show on offense. The Bills did that. Sean McDermott, defensive mind the coach, hired him to be the head coach. They give the keys to Brian Dable. And now Brian Dable might leave, and now what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to find a new offensive mind. That's the only word. If you hire Brian Flores, right, and you hand, and you get this young offensive mind, it could be somebody. It could be the offensive coordinator from the Rams who, you know, he might want to call his own plays now, right? So you bring him, bring him in. He makes Daniel Jones a star, or he turns his entire offense around. He's going to be getting head coaching looks. And then while Brian Flores is still here, that offensive court, that offensive coordinator is going to leave for a head coaching job, and you have to find the new offensive yeah, mind again. Keep repeating and then it's the same system, cycle, new it's system, same cycle. and you're you know new coaches. So that's the thing where if you bring in a defensive mind, the coach, you hand the keys over to an offensive mind to run the offense. If he leaves, you're going to have to start all over again. That's yeah. the only thing. And if you bring in Brian Dable, you know that Brian Dable is going to be here. Um, because you're not going to have to work because he's, he's the one, be the one run, running the show. He's, he's going to be the one running the offense. That's the only thing, Phil. Yeah, I agree, and that's the question I brought up. And with Brian Flores, and you look at you know how the Miami Dolphins' offense down there when he was a coach, it, he had four offensive coordinators in three years. So it's not like you know he was down there and the offense was great. So you know what makes this situation different? Because you look at this Giants offense and it's really bad. They had the second worst or worst offense in the league last year. So how is you know Brian Flores going to come in? And how is he going to upgrade this offense over how Brian Dayball would? Because you know that, listen, you can find a defensive coordinator. I, I agree. Like you, you have guys like uh, Martindale out there from the Ravens who is Vic Fangio who interviewed yeah. with the Jaguars. So there's, I feel like there's more like guys you can get that are guys that are replaceable, but not replaceable, but guys that, you know, you can think are going to be there longer. So say, like you said, like Kellen Moore, he's been with the Cowboys for what, two years, one year. And look, and look, now he's getting uh, head coaching interviews. Why isn't it? So like, and then you can look at defensive coordinators. How many defensive coordinators are getting, you know, Interviews compared to offensive coordinators because it's the offensive mind. And yeah, listen. I mean, yeah, like you, yeah. like the Rams guy, he, the OC, he's getting an interview. Yeah, no, but he's also with, around the like, league. But a lot of you know, we talk about you know with the Bills, you know, if Brian Dable leaves, who's going to be the offensive coordinator? You hear names around the league where hey, who who are some young rising stars offensively where they could maybe become the offensive coordinator and call plays, and then maybe those guys will become a head coach. That's the worry if you hire a defensive head coach. You bring in a young offensive coordinator. You know, that was the worry with Joe Brady. Remember when they brought in Joe Brady? Oh, this guy's going to be a head coach in two years. Well, now he's fired, and he's without a job. So, <laughs> hey, maybe if the Giants get in, get Brian Flores, they could hire Joe Brady. And because he's fired, uh, big uh, Ben McAdoo got his job. But it's about time McAdoo got a job, by the way. It's about time. He wasn't a bad offensive coordinator. He wasn't. Um, oh, my God. I, I was about to say something. And, oh, um, me and, so me and Phil were talking about it. The one thing I was we, we were talking about with Brian Dable, if he comes to the Giants, what's the one thing we've said about the Giants? They're not, they, they don't have that modern-day offense. They don't look no. like an offense that plays in the year 2021, 2022. They not don't, at all. They don't have an offense where you see the way the Chiefs play. You see the way the Bills play, the Bengals. You see how the Rams play. The, the Niners, maybe, they, they're more physical, pound, you know, 
you know, they run the football, but you don't see any of that create the creativity that we see around the league. You know, Jason Garrett, eh, Freddie Kitchens, eh. If Brian Dable does come here, you know for a fact that you're going to have an offense that's going to be modern day. It's going to be pass heavy. It's going to be one where it's going to be quarterback centric. Yep. Whereas if Brian Flores comes in, we, we're still going to have questions about the offense. Whereas Brian Dable comes in, all right, he, we, we've seen what he's, been, what he's been able to do to build around the quarterback. We know that he's, uh, you know, he's creative. He gets guys open. He knows how to operate in the red zone. He knows how to, uh, you know, got, make guys who aren't maybe aren't as good, but he actually makes them good because in this, uh, I'll say it right now. I think Isaiah McKenzie, if Brian, if Brian Dable comes to the Giants, Isaiah McKenzie's coming to the Giants. I, I He's think a it's, free agent. Yeah, I think it's a fact. I think Isaiah McKenzie will come with Brian Dable to the Giants if Dable becomes a head coach. I think that's one. I mean, you saw Antonio Williams, the undrafted guy in North Carolina who's on the Bills practice squad. He signed with the Giants today because Joe Shane. If Joe Shane and Brian Dable come here, you're going to see a ton of those bottom bottom of the roster guys, middle t- middle of the roster guys on the practice squad. A bunch of them are going to come to the Giants because they're going to see... And they're uh, going to get shots. Because they're, you compare the Bills roster to the Giants, the Giants have a ton, a ton of openings, a ton of opportunities for young players to take over, whereas you don't really see that on the Bills. So you're going to see a lot of those guys come over, and the Bills are pretty stacked at the bottom of the roster and in practice squad. Um, where else did I want to go? Um, oh, any th- Saj, any thoughts about the Daniel Jones, about you know Joe Shane and John Mara committing to Daniel Jones? I mean, they said that hey, we if, if there was any, we screwed him up as bad as you could screw him up. I mean, they are a hundred percent completely right about what they said. I mean, you talk about drafting a young quarterback and you want him to learn and you want him to grow in a system, but. He, it doesn't help when he has three off three different offensive coordinators in three years. I, what do you expect the What do you expect the kid so, to do exactly? And you're getting him killed every year, not giving him not. And I'm not saying weapons. I'm not saying that he just needs a decent offensive line. He doesn't need a top tier. He doesn't, but he definitely doesn't need if, a shit. If this was the quarterback class that we had a year ago, okay, and say they had the Jets pick at number Herbert, two, Herbert's class. No, no. no. So remember how the Jets with Sam Darnold, they. Oh, multiple offensive coordinators can't really stay healthy. We screwed him up. It's not his fault, but we have a high pick, and there's quarterbacks up there to take. If the Giants were in this position that they're in right now, last last year, year don't you think they take the quarterback and they probably get rid of Daniel Jones? Yeah, because I think that this situation that they're in right now very comparable to the one the Jets have. High picks, quarterback who can't really stay healthy. They screwed him up, but it's time to move on. It's just that there's no quarterback in the draft. To say, hey, we're going to draft this guy and we're going to move on from Daniel Jones. Whereas yeah. last year, yeah. the Jets were able to say, all right, you know what, we're going to take Zach Wilson, and then we're going to get rid of Sam. That, yeah. Would you? See, would, uh, if this was la- if this was last year, same situation. I mean, it's a no-brainer. They should have taken a quarterback then. But I mean, uh, is there any big or big potential quarterbacks that are supposed to come out next year? Yes. Oh, there are. Yes, there will be. The la- next year's quarterback class compared to this one, it's like I, I, I've, I mean, I'm about. I was actually about to listen to the podcast um with. The, with uh, Tom Shea and Mel Kuyper, they were digging uh, into the quarterback, so I actually wanted to listen to that. Didn't get the chance to listen to it yet. Um, but I was saying it. I think that re- what you're going to see is the Giants, they're going to look to keep Jones, but they're going to upgrade that backup pos- quarterback position because Jones not known to you know be able to stay healthy. I think you're going to see a guy like Andy Dalton 
or a Teddy Bridgewater here. I think that a Mariota. Oh God! I think, well, I think. I mean, honestly, dude, this if team. If I see the red rocket in a giant uniform, oh, how do you not get his jersey? Oh God, it's gonna Sad, let me ask burn you, my but, eyes. But the Giants have no cap space, right? They, they can't have, do anything. They have no cap space. The reason why they're not going to go out and probably get a Jimmy Garoppolo is because they don't really have the money and they don't have the roster so, to win so right now. Th- I, this is old, but and I know you Mar- probably know this, okay, go ahead. but. Um, it was a great point I heard on uh, WFAN maybe a week, two ago. Why would the Giants trade their injury-prone quarterback for another injury-prone quarterback? Winner. But they're both injury-prone. They can't Winner. stay on the field. Winner. He's been on the field a majority of the games this year, and he's playing through injury. The guy's playing through injury. Well, it's injury. the playoffs. I would hope he's playing through a fucking injury. Sorry. Well, excuse oh my French. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Well, eh, it doesn't matter. If they're in, you know, if they're still listening, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if we weeded out the twelve and under crowd. Yeah, yeah, way to go, Sag. Um, but no, I because I think that where where you where you see where we're at right now, and or not us, where you see where they're at right now, they can't really upgrade the quarterback position. I. I think they can't do anything. I, I just think that Mar- Marcus Mariota, because I think Marcus Mariota, I mean, Marcus Mariota comes in, you can make an argument that he could be the starting quarterback. You can make an argument, he's better than Daniel Jones. No, no, no. Yeah, but you can make, Phil, you could say that, hey, going into camp, if Mar- if Mariota outplays Daniel Jones in the preseason and in training camp, why he wouldn't won't. he? He won't. Okay, but I, no, but my point is, I think that he's, oh, he's, the Giants can't afford him. He's going to cost too much. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say maybe a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Or an Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I think, is the one because I think I he's going to look. I think he's going to look at that opportunity, like, hey, I think I could come in here and play some football I, and start. I I disagree, just because I think that John Mara is still going to be all in on Daniel Jones. So who's going to be the backup quarterback? Jake Fromm. Daniel Jones getting get hurt week two, and Mike then Jake Fromm. Glennon resigned. Well, I. I what about Jameis? What if they take a shot on Jameis? Oh, no. Oh. See, I think the greatest mean? quarterback ever. No, Phil. they're gonna hide. They're gonna sign someone who's not a threat to Daniel Jones to be their starting. That quarterback. is so false. You think they're gonna bring someone in who's gonna be a threat to Daniel? You think Jones? they're gonna not bring someone in who's at least uh, competent and or you know are they gonna no. are they gonna keep Trevor, like Trevor Listen, Simeon? I see now someone like that makes sense because he's not gonna compete for the starting job where they're they're gonna be asking the head coach questions. Who's your, who's your starting quarterback week one? He was the Saints' fourth string. Lou, I am just saying that the Giants aren't going to bring someone in who's going to be a threat to Daniel Jones. It's not going to happen. I think it is. (laughs) Andy Dalton is not a threat to Daniel Jones. Andy Dalton's at the end of his career. He's past his prime. Yeah, but Andy Dalton has a freaking rocket, and he's a ginger. Okay, um... Well, hopefully we see some news with the Giants. I mean, last week on Friday during our show at St. John's, we were in the middle of doing our picks, and um, the the news was announced that uh, that Joe Shane was going to be hired. So tomorrow, I'll mark uh, one week with Joe Shane on the job. Let's move on. Um, where do we want to go next? Do you want to go to the, you know, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Wait, how about this? Where's Aaron? I'm really sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I feel like Aaron Rodgers at this point plays on Denver. See... What the whole because the whole thing with that is, did you, bro? On ES, I know you're at work, but the whole morning on ESPN is Aaron Rodgers going to be playing in Green Bay or Denver? And I but, saw the odds. It's but like, see, I, like, listen, I, I drive around a lot too, and I'm constantly listening to basically Tiki and Tierney and uh, Boomer, Boomer and Geo. Um, why would Aaron Rodgers want to go to Denver if Brady is potentially retiring? You can literally be the best quarterback in the NFC. 
Why doesn't he go to Tampa? Well, I'm saying that too. But <laughs> why? Why? Why would you not? Why would you leave the NFC and go to a division with a fucking sorry again? Oh my god! With, with freaking Mahomes and Herbert, and then have to play a Burrow or an Allen in the next round. Like, it makes no sense. You're just going to lose. He already can't. Dude, he can't beat Jimmy G in the NFC at home. But listen, listen. But he's going to go and play in the same division as Mahomes and Herbert and the same conference as Burrow and Allen and Lamar. But um, listen, if (laughs) if he did go to the Broncos, God, I feel bad for Derek Carr. Oh, and six off the bat. No. Yeah, but dude. Oh, Even Derek Carr, dude, that'll be that would be in his he, story. He should go to the NFC. Yeah, but he's he won't. He, he, he should. Says the he, Giants. He should, says he doesn't want to play for anyone else. He, but the Raiders. He said. He said if he like ever gets, he would retire. Yeah, well, Brady was supposed to he be would, a Patriot for he, life. He so. would rather retire. I saw something. Why don't? Why, dude? Why don't? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams take their talents to Detroit with Jamal Williams over there and, and Amon Ra and. Uh, Oh, dude, imagine. I mean, he would be the best number two option he's ever oh, had. Swift? He'd probably oh go back God. to Green Bay, though. Dude. No, I know that. I'm just saying. Like, he uh, would He would have the chance to bring Detroit to the they Super have Bowl. A pr- they have a pretty good I mean, no, no, no. Their defense is atrocious. But, you know, offensive line is solid. They have a nice running game with Swift and Williams. And Some you have nice Devontae weapons. and Amra. And TJ Hawkinson, I mean, that's a night nice, that, that isn't bad over is, there. That's that's uh, a little more than isn't bad. Is Amon Ra St. Brown one of the best wide receiver football names ever? I think yeah. like when Gus Johnson goes, Amon Ra St. Brown. Brown. Come on. That, that I mean, that's pretty damn good. But, dude, imagine um, the idea, you know, you get to play in a dome, you get to, you know, beat up on Green Bay twice a year. Exactly. You're still in the NFC. You still get to play the Bears twice. You know, you, you can beat up on Jordan Love. I, you know, I'm just saying. It's not going to happen, but, you know, we keep talking about Denver. Why? Who Who wouldn't want to play for Dan Campbell? I know, well, I know everybody's going to connect the dots. Would you rather play, you know, his offensive coordinators in Denver now, Nathaniel Hackett? Could that have been the one of the reasons why they hired him? Maybe. I don't know. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But again, uh, listen, Aaron Rodgers, you want to go play in the same division as those guys and the same conference as By you know, all means. I mean, all the best quarterbacks are in the AFC. I yeah. mean, the NFC is a joke. I mean, who's their best quarterback? Dak Prescott? Brady? Brady? No, if Brady and no if Brady retires, oh, is Dak Prescott the best quarterback? No, so I still got to give it to Stafford. I don't care. <laughs> Dak sucks. That, but that just shows you. No, no, no. You know what shows you? What shows you is Dak not showing up in the playoffs, and it was the greatest thing I ever witnessed in my life because Dak sucks. He's overrated. He's a bum, and the Cowboys at, with him will never amount to anything. Just know Joe Burrow has more career playoff wins than Dak Prescott, and he's been to one playoff postseason. How many playoff wins does um, Tim Tebow have? How many playoff wins does Tim Tebow have? Same amount as Dak. And same amount as another quarterback. Who? Lamar. Oh, yeah, Lamar. <laughs> ah, bum. Dude, I saw something. It said if you combine, I think it was Lamar, Dak, and someone else. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, no, it was them three and another quarterback, and it said all these quarterbacks combined have less playoff wins than Blake Bortles. Dude, I was looking at Lamar Jackson because our, we were in a sports analytics cl- analytics class, which is actually so cool, and I absolutely love it so far. 
we were talking. He's like, our professor was like, yeah, you know, he Lamar. You talking about Lamar Jackson? Our professor, like, he's been everywhere. He played professional soccer in like Asia. He's run like the national team over there. Jesus. He went to Florida State and he played soccer there. He's like the biggest Florida State fan, so he's been rubbing uh, it in since they beat Duke like two weeks ago or something or a week and a half ago. He's still talking about it. Um, but he was he was talking about how great Lamar Jackson. Ryan Renfro would want his Twitter handle. Oh, oh my God! So no, no. So he <laughs> he kept talking about how great Lamar Jackson was, and another topic was Baker Mayfield and whether or not um the the Browns should sign him to an extension. But he kept talking about you know Lamar is this great quarterback. You was talking about Lamar like he was like a top three quarterback, and I'm like, dude. But the best is that guy. I, I'm like this guy I don't in know the what playoffs. Show. I pulled up his, his stats in the playoffs. Like Lamar Jackson in the in the regular seasons, like probably like one of the best you'll ever who, see. Like who? his stats are insane. But a, when you go to the when you go to the playoffs, I mean his stats he's are. A, he's one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks ever. I mean his his stats in the playoffs. Mike Francesa was right. His stats in the playoffs are horrible. Um. Let's move on. Uh, we have the games this weekend, and let's go over to the NFC side first because, you know, the Bills are out, and I think I have a team that I'm going to be rooting for now because um, me and Zad right before the show started, you know, we, the the day was it? It was the weekend of the Super Bowl. It was before I, it, the was, Super it was Bowl. either weekend of or Pro Bowl weekend. No, I, I believe it was the weekend of because we were going and everybody there was like placing Super Bowl bets, and I said. And I placed a Super Bowl bet, and the guy was like, they're not playing. And I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about next year. I'm talking about... So it was before the Super, before the Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl. We went to FanDuel. It was either a Friday night or a Saturday night, right before the Super Bowl. And we were all going there to play some bets. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really know. I don't, I don't really have a feel for what's going to happen. Let me let me throw some money on the Niners for 2021-2022. I put a Super Bowl bet. I got it like 13 to 1 odds. Oh, so, my God. Uh, and by the way, so I, I placed that bet a year over a year. It's over a year now. I placed that bet. So over a year ago, um, I placed that bet. I it's it, if not over a year ago, it's like this weekend a year. Um, so I I have the Niners, and then in my preseason prediction show for our show, I picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna get one of them right. Ah, uh, so you're in a win win spot, huh? I'm in a win win spot. But ridiculous. Um, we all know Kyle Shanahan has uh, Sean McVay's number. Sad. Your initial thoughts going into this game. I think it's going to stay that way. I think Shanahan's probably going to keep his number, and they're forever going to just want to beat the crap out of each other when they play for years on years after the, after this because Shanahan stopped McVay from getting to his second Super Bowl, and Shanahan ultimately got to his second Super Bowl before McVay. I mean, they've been to get, they've coached together when they were younger. They've basically grew, came from the same coaching tree, mm-hmm. in a sense, so they have, they're going to have a tight rivalry, and it doesn't help that they play in the same division and play each other twice. So I think it's just going to add fuel to the fire for future uh, meetings. Yeah, I also think that, you know, I was thinking about this game on the way home today from work, and I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm pulling for the Niners, right? My One of my dad's best friends, a huge Niner fan. We always talk about football, and, you know, I, I, root, for, I root for the Niners, you know, because, you know, I want, I want the Niners to win, you know. He's a Niner fan. So... And we've always, me and Phil have always rooted for the Niners. We just like them. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about them, but me and Phil just like the Niners. Okay, so I'm pulling for the Niners. I, I mean, I know but, what it's what but, it is for Phil, but yeah. But but when I'm thinking about this game, okay, I'm like, there's no way the Rams lose this game, right? 
I mean, there's just no way. I mean, how do the Rams lose this game? Well, yeah, you would think. Because just think about what's on the line. I mean, they have a whole, they have the potential to play two home games in the championship game and then in the Super Bowl. I mean, that has never happened before. And they're playing a team that they're very familiar with, a team that's banged up. This team looks like that. I mean, the Rams are riding high. I mean, I said it at the end of the season. I thought that this was a team that nobody wanted to face. This was because of the talent and the coaching. And everybody's like, oh, I don't know if you could trust them. And they're soft. Well, I think that they're really showing why. They're showing the rest of the league why you should be scared of them. But this is a matchup where I think it's going to be physical. And this is where I say, because when we picked this game last earlier in the season when they played each other, Sag, remember in Week 18, the Rams were considered a soft team, okay? And when we talk about the Niners, they're tough. They're physical. They're a team that just beats you up. That's where that's that's the question I have for the Rams. Are they going to be able to match the physicality of the Niners? Because we know the Niners. They, I mean, I mean, they, they, nobody expected them to get here. They they only got no, in because they, they got in, you know, in over because they won in overtime. Or else we we would have had to watch the Saints, and they're now one game away from making making it to the Super Bowl. I think all the pressure right now is on the Rams. They, this is why they traded for Matthew Stafford. This is why they have Sean McVay and they pay him all that money. And I I I'd be I. I I'm pulling for the Niners. I really am. I just have a hard time, you know, imagining the Rams losing. Yeah, and when you look at you look at this game, this is the third time they've played each other this year, and the Niners won the first two, and, the, and they played each other in Week 18 in LA. So the Niners, if they win, it would be they beat the Rams, who are you could say the best team in the NFC at LA, you know, in a span of like a month. And that if and in must win games in, in must win games that's really hard to do. But the thing I'll say is that, like you said, Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. But you can say the Rams are playing their best football of the year. And like people are saying th- throughout the regular season, I'd be shocked if this team makes it to the Super Bowl and all this, all things like that. You know, how good are they? Is Matthew Stafford you know that good, or is he just like all is Detroit like? Did he play a role in Detroit being bad? And, you know, I think that the Rams team, they're hitting on all cylinders and right now. And Odell Beckham's the biggest X factor for me because when you watch him play, you know, there's an added element. You're seeing Odell at, like, close as close as he was to when he was on the Giants as he is right now. And you can see Matthew Stafford, you know, when, you, I, like, you're, when you're watching the game, you're like, He's going to Odell, or you, you're just watch. You see where Odell is on the screen, and you're looking at Matthew Stafford, and you're looking at his eyes where he's looking towards, and it's Odell Beckham. So, and then for me with the Niners, you know, I is Jimmy G going to be able to make the throws? And listen, I I love Jimmy G. Who do you, here's my question: Who do you who going into this game? Which quarterback going into it? Do you know what you're like? Where you know you, what you're going to get from that quarterback? You know what you're going to get from Jimmy G? And, like, that could be good. That could be bad. Or, you know, could Matthew Stafford go into this game? Because we haven't seen him on the big stage like this before. Can Matthew Stafford go into this game? He could shit the bed. Or he could just light him up. And we're, and we're talking about Matthew Stafford. Well, here, here's the thing with Jimmy G. I mean, throughout, through the uh, pro season so far in the two games on the road, he's thrown zero touchdowns and he has two interceptions. 
So I mean, and and the best part is when he commits these turnovers. It was Satch, is it not in the red zone? It's so bad. I mean, bad. It, it's like literally like they'll have a great drive going, and then and all then of a sudden he'll kill it. Yeah, like he'll make some really good throws, and like during that drive, they'll have some nice runs, some nice gains, and then all of a sudden, you know, especially that throw in the red zone last week in Green Bay when he was throwing a kittle. I mean, he we were like, how did he get down? How did he like? How is he still up? And then he makes that throw, and then as he did it, we were all just like, ah. Oh. Like we like it was almost like you knew it was coming. You just didn't know when, but you knew it was coming. It wasn't a matter of if; it was a matter of when. So his last two games combined, he has three hundred and three passing yards. Can that can that just that that just shows you how good of a coach Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan's are, and how how talented that roster is because so, of what they're able to do. You know. Amidst how amidst the quarterback play, so just just put that in perspective. Three hundred and three passing yards over his last two playoff games. Stafford had three sixty six versus the Bucks. Fantastic defense. In well, quotes. In quite in quotes. In quotes. In quotes. Air quotes. All right. Well, we're gonna give our picks later on. Let's move over to the second game. Before we get to the second game, I haven't even talked about um, the Chiefs Bills game. I literally haven't listened. So, so I so, haven't listened to a single thing. I haven't watched a single show. I haven't watched NFL Network. I haven't watched ESPN. I haven't watched Fox Sports. I haven't watched CBS Sports. I have not listened to the radio here in New York. I have not listened to the radio in Buffalo. I have not read an article in the Athletic, ESPN, New York Post, Daily News. I have not read or listened or watched. Anything for the past what five, four or five days? So about last weekend, in general, not just that game. In general, that had to be one of the greatest football weekends as a fan in general, just to witness and in I, our lifetime, okay. so, and probably for lifetimes to come. So I agree. Okay, and, and but here, would you agree with the first three? The first three games at some point during that game, would you say this which isn't game? A, the first three games? Oh. Would you say that they weren't great games at at that point at points during that game? They were just close games because of how poorly both teams so, played in that Bengals Titans game. We're like, I'm like, this isn't a great game. This is just a close game where it's going to come down to the last second. Yeah, I, all right. So I'll give you that. It wasn't a great game in terms of everyone was oh they're executing down this, they're doing this great. Like no, it was just close. Was the but Green when, Bay San Francisco game like this game? Like, same, same same way. It was like ugh. Like at, at points you're like I'm not even paying attention. But, this is boring. But that's but that's all you can ask for in the playoffs when it comes down to that final quarter you're on the edge of your seat no, like, that's what i'm saying holy crap who's gonna win this game but i think from start to finish the bills chiefs game where no, that no, was no, the no. one that was the one game no like, no, oh, no. Oh my Lou, God. hands down fan rooting aside that was the single greatest football game i have ever watched in my and life i think the and, one in my life and as a bills fan right we've I've, I've always i've always you know learned where you live up where you have these big games coming up especially for the bills because they would always choke Going up, they would always, and you see it all all the time around the league. They hype games up. Okay? Oh yeah, they hype them up. This is going to be a shootout, and then it's a low scoring game. This is going to be Dude, a was... game between the great, the two best quarterbacks in the league, and then it's not the quarterbacks we're talking about; it's the defenses. So that was one of the one instances where everyone hypes this game up. And if, if you're not familiar with Big Cat from Barstool Sports, his one of his. Game of the years to bet was this game, the over fifty four and a half, and. I'm I'm locked into this game like 
I'm not taking my eyes off the TV. It goes to commercial. I'll check Big Cat's Twitter because he starts a thread after every score. Like, all right, we got seven. All right, Bills, let's answer here. Bills score. All right, Chiefs, we need a big drive here. <laughs> and then he puts like however many points are left for the total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great follow. And the thing, and the thing I, I'll, I'll say about it is that when you when you were watching that game, right? We even got to halftime, and they're like. What you're seeing right now is masterful from both sides, and that's what I really felt. I mean, when we were, remember in late November, early December, it was before you know the Patriots and the Colts collapsed, right? And before the Cardinals collapsed, a lot of people were talking about, "Hey, are the Colts the best team? Are the Patriots the best yeah, team? Yeah, are yeah. the Cardinals the best team?" And I said to my dad, "It may have, the Bills may have lost to I think it may have been the Bucks game, or it may have been the week before when they lost to the Patriots or something like that." And I'm like, "Hey, Dad, by the way, everybody's hyping all these teams up." Yeah, I'm like, you want to bet that when the playoffs come, it's going to be the Bills and the Chiefs at the top and everybody else is just going to fall? And that's exactly what happened because what I felt like in that game, watching the Bills and the Chiefs, if the Chiefs would have played the Bengals or the Titans, and if the you know if the Bills would have played the Bengals or the Titans, like one or the other, been, that would have the been Bills the Bills would have beat, anyway. beat one of those teams by 20, and the Chiefs would have beat one of those teams by 20. I fully believe that the loser of the Bills-Chiefs game with the Bills... They would destroy, like, they would beat the Bengals handily. Oh, easily. Like, either team, I mean, we saw it. Easily. If the Bills beat the Chiefs, the Bills were going to be favored by, like, Dude. seven points. And if the Chiefs beat the Bills, Dude, they were going to be favored Sunday by Sunday night points. was literally the Super Bowl. It was, because that those was were the, the Super Bowl. Those were the two best teams, because you look at any of the, te- you look at the field right now, because I saw a thing, Chiefs or the field. Well, you look at the field, are any of those teams out there so- better than the Bills? You're no. telling You're telling me if the Bills beat the Chiefs, Josh Allen... At home is going to lose to Joe Burrow I think we were, to go to the we, Super Bowl. I was, no. We were going to that, too. You you think Josh Allen is going to lose to the Rams? No. You think Josh Allen's going to lose to the 49ers? No. You think Mahomes is going to lose to any of those three teams? No. It, I it, think, it came down to whoever wins that Super Bowl Sunday night is going to win the actual Super yes, Bowl. Yes, and I think that the only way you're going to see something that won't happen is if you see maybe the Rams come in and they and they have like Aaron Donald and Von Miller because if you look at like the best pass rushers in the postseason this year, like it the is highest them. grade. Yeah, it's, it's Von Miller. It's Von Miller and Aaron Donald. So I think that if you're looking for any way for Mahomes and the Chiefs to lose, it's going to be because of Von Miller and Aaron Donald. And if you know Matthew Stafford the way he played last week with Odell and Cooper Cup, I think that that's the only uh, because. The Niners can win this weekend, and then they can play the Chiefs, and the, and the Niners might lose by 20 points just because I'm not sure yeah. offensively they're high-powered enough, high powered enough where they could keep up. Yeah. What I will say is the only thing that, that kills me about the Bills-Chiefs game, right, and the, and the Bills lost, I think that because going into the game, Josh Allen can't do this. You know, he can't play. He's not a great player in the playoffs. He chokes. He's this and that. Right. He had, he in my opinion, he had two career defining drives in the final two minutes, okay? And it also, remember, remember when the Chiefs went up nine and then first play when the Bills got the ball back? The when, 70 yard honest, bomb. When, when, the, when the Chiefs scored not, went up by nine, I was, I was, you, because remember, the Bills punted on like fourth and one. Yeah. And yeah. I, bro, I was, I was yelling. I go, they're going to fucking punt and then the Chiefs can go down, they're going to score a touchdown and, then they have to and, it's, and it's a two possession game, right? What happens? The Bills punt. Chiefs go down, score a touchdown. I'm, I'm living. I'm, fe- I'm like, I, I was literally throwing my. Sh- I was like, games. I was like, game's over. Game's over. Josh Allen first play throws a 75 yard touchdown. Once he did that, I'm like, 
okay, this guy's because it's always been like, yeah, he, he like you heard in the offseason, you heard the whole season. I can't stop thinking about the Kansas City game. Like I'm waiting for that moment. When he did that, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's living is like living that moment right. Like he's ready for the moment. Then you know. Tyreek Hill has that crazy return. The punter stops them. They get a field goal. They're only down five with like six minutes left. They have that long drive. The thing, bro, have you seen on that fourth and four or fourth and six where they Josh Allen evaded two rushers? He jumped out of the way and then he ran forward. Yeah. And he got the first down by a yard. Even yep. even the fourth down or third down before that, when they're at midfield, when he trucked Tredavious uh, Ward, mm-hmm. and that I mean. Talk about an angry run, and then they had two back-to-back pow quarterback powers to the left, and then on fourth and thirteen. You know what I was thinking about on the fourth and thirteen? Oh God! You know, I can only you know imagine what, what was, I was going like, through your mind. I was like, "This is the Patriots game," because oh. I'm like, "They got that." I'm like, fourth and thirteen. This is what's going to happen." And then when he did that, when he did that pump fake, I'm like, "Holy shit! Somebody's going to be open," because I knew that somebody was going to fall for it. And then I saw, and Gabe was, I, I put, I put my hands up. I ran downstairs and I was jumping up and down. Okay, then the then the I'm like I'm like oh shit. And then the two but don't the two point conversion. You're like oh my god the two point conversion. No, like, that was point. an unbelievable play. And then the Chiefs scored. And I'm like crap. And I'm like I'm like all right. We have three timeouts. We're still a minute away. And we still have over a minute. And I'm like and Josh is like playing out of his mind where it's like they can't even guard Gabe Davis because they're so focused on like digs, right? And they drive down the field. When he scored with 13 seconds left, and that was like an unbelievable drive making crazy throws. You know what I did? I saw it was 13 seconds. I just put I just put my two hands. I stood up out of my chair. I put my two hands up, and I was just like smiling. And like I saw, and then I was like, there's no way they could screw it up. And then you talk about the squib kick and all that other stuff. But see, like, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree that it should have been squibbed or it, it should have either, just... Either way... You want to say you squib it or you kick it to the one-yard line and then they have to run it back and it takes off six, six seconds. I understand that. You just can't give them 30 yards of... Uh, you can't give them 30 yards of cushion. You cannot let them on first down throw a two-yard pass to Tyreek Hill with three blockers in front of him and say, hey, go run for five seconds and slide because we all know how fast Tyreek Hill is. That's all yeah. I'll say. But what the one moment, I think the one that hurts the most. Remember after that first touchdown in the, with less than two minutes left, we have to get to our picks right after this. Remember when, with two minutes left, when they scored that touchdown on fourth and thirteen, they showed Josh on the sideline yelling at the at the offensive lineman like he was so pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally that was the moment right there where I actually got chills and I'm like, oh my god, like there's there like there, if anything, there's like no way anything's gonna get in his way of not winning this game. And the only reason, and listen, I'm I'm not I'm not making any excuses. But I hear some people who aren't even football fans or you know they're making excuses. Oh, they lost because of the overtime rules. They didn't lose because of the overtime rules. When they lost the coin toss, I was like shit. Now we need to stop. I didn't think of oh this isn't fair. We're not getting the ball. Like I, that's not how I thought. Dude. I mean football's been played this way. But what I will say is in the in hockey in the NHL. We see in overtime three on three, right? And then when the playoffs come, it's five on five. Maybe we keep it the way it is in the regular season, but in the in the postseason, maybe you give the opposing team the ball back or at least a chance to score. Where it's like, all right, if they score a touchdown, you if you go down, and you score a touchdown. Then maybe it's sudden death, or maybe if you do score a touchdown on that second one, you have to go for two or something. Exactly, like that. and that, that's why I like that you bring up that point because the whole. One of the main reasons this all came about, it came about two years ago when it happened to Mahomes and Brady. Brady's last big year with the Patriots where they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And Mahomes had this great comeback and sent it to overtime. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't get the ball because he he loses off a coin toss, essentially. Or you could say the penalty on defense or by D Ford. But that's my point. The Chiefs, 
proposed, you know what? Let's change the rule. Let's 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 let two offenses touch the ball. The whole NFL said no. Well, I, I, but and I two years later, it happens again. But this time, Mahomes is on the other side of it. And no, now you know it's probably going to be proposed again that I don't know what they're going to vote for, of course. It's probably not going to get changed, but I will, what I will say is because it was probably one of the best games you'll like of all time, that's where it might, and you know for a fact, like I know for a fact, whichever team won that toss was winning the was game. Winning the game. That's, yeah. that's what I was saying. I, I said that as soon as, as soon as it went to overtime, I said, whoever wins this toss, it's over. But, but, sh- but should it come down to a, that's the thing, should it come down to a coin toss? Like, Josh Allen. But I like, feel like that only Bills, happens if like you the, have two quarterbacks like that. When is when again are you going to have two quarter next year's well, championship well, did Sunday? You see, did you see? You know the, what I mean. Teams are nine and one or ten and one in the playoffs when they win the coin toss in overtime. And the only loss is when the Saints, the Saints, when they didn't call the pass interference against uh, the Rams. The Rams so. that same year with Mahomes yes. and so uh, that I mean so basically if you win the coin toss in overtime in the playoffs you're going to win the game. Uh, let's get to our picks. It's now time for our favorite segment, a segment we like to call I'm Right and You're Wrong. It's championship weekend in the NFL, and these are our picks against the spread. Game number one, let's go to the AFC. Three o'clock start. It's Kansas City and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who would have thought that Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and those guys, the Cincinnati Bengals, would be in the AFC Championship game? Well, they are, and they're taking on the Big Bad Mahomes, who's got four straight home championship games. Sad, the spread in this game is. These spreads in these games, now legal in New York once again, are brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the spread in this game is the Chiefs at home, minus 7.5. Ooh. Wow. Uh, the Chiefs in this game, minus seven and a half. Who does they have in this game? Why? Chiefs, baby. You finally got Nick's pick. Uh, Phil. I'm taking the Bengals. I think seven and a half is too much. People have to stop doubting the Bengals. The fa- I keep saying it. You can't doubt the Bengals because they have the guy. They have Joe Burrow. And just because he's a young guy doesn't mean he can't get it done. I think the Bengals are going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs offense. You saw these two teams play week 17, week 16 in the, in the season. The Bengals won that game. Now they're the, now they're seven and a half point underdogs. I like the Bengals to keep it close, and I think there's just too much going right for the Bengals that they're just gonna get blown out. I can't see it happening. Give me the Bengals, uh, Saj. Um, I do think the Bengals are gonna keep this close. I don't think they're gonna win. I think this is kind of the Joe Burrow's instance of where, sort of like Josh Allen last year, where he had a great postseason run and he gets to the AFC Championship and gets stopped by Mahomes. I think this is Joe Burrow's run. Um, I'm not saying he's never going to win. I'm just saying I think it's first year in the playoffs. He's going to he's going to make it here, and he's going to provide uh, evidence for the future that they're going to be here for uh, in this kind of atmosphere for a while. Um, the spread, this is tough. I mean, the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the regular season, and I, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to lose it twice to the same team in the same season like this. Uh, I don't like the spread only because I think it's. I think it's going to be a crazy scoring game like last week. I don't think it's going to be as thrilling as that was, especially scoring whatever it was, 24 points in the final two minutes and overtime. Um, but I, I like the Chiefs to win. I'm just going to take the points anyway, uh, them to cover. So give me the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Bengals. You said seven and a half. If it was like six, I was probably taking the Chiefs. But because they got that half point, the seven and a half, um, 
I, I think the Chiefs win this game, but I think the Bengals may, may be a backdoor cover. I think that they're within a touchdown here. I'm going to take the Bengals to cover, Chiefs to win. Um, the one thing I will say is I like how you brought up the Burrow thing with Allen last year. Burrow hasn't really, you know, wowed you in this postseason. And then in the championship game last year for Allen, he made some plays, but you saw that maybe he wasn't ready for that moment. That's my question. Is Joe Burrow, listen, I know he's been in the national championship. He's been on the biggest stage in college football and in the, and in the NFL so far. Like, every time you've seen Joe Burrow, he's lived up to that moment. Can he, can he, can he pass the test of the AFC championship game? I think Joe Burrow will. Um, will he be able to, you know, outplay Mahomes in this game? I'm not really sure. I let the Chiefs win. Bengals cover. Game number two. Let's go over to the NFC. We're going to LA where the Rams are the home team and they have the chance to clinch a home game in the Super Bowl. Who could have thought that back-to-back years we have the home team playing in the home stadium in the Super Bowl? Sad. The, the Niners are coming in. They upset. Who do they upset in, in the first game? Who do they have? The, the, Cowboys. They upset the Cowboys in Dallas. I wouldn't now, really say that's now, now they upset Green Bay and Green Bay. I'm, Phil said it last week. I'm getting Giants vibes here. I'm getting Giants 2007-2011 vibes here. The Niners. Uh, what's the spread in this game? Uh, the spread in this game is the Rams at home minus three and a half. Niners getting three and a half on the road at SoFi Stadium. Who does Nick have in this game and why? Rams, baby. Bill, I'm taking the Niners. When you see the when you see Matthew Stafford play, when he's under pressure, I think he forces throws and that causes turnovers. And I think the Niners with that front four with Nick Boza, you know, Fred Warner there, I just think that they're going to be able to, you know, cause some disruption that you didn't see the Bucks do last week. And I think this Niners team, when they're playing in a dome, I mean, coming off a game where you're playing in negative five-degree weather, and now you're playing in L.A. in a dome, I think that is huge for them. I really do. Um, I think the Niners could win this game. I, I really do think so. I'm taking the Niners to cover potentially win. I I think that there's again with the Bengals, I think there's just so much going right with the Niners. I just can't pass on. Give me the Niners. Sag. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to go for the sheer fact of I'm going to go with the more experienced quarterback in this moment, and it's going to be Jimmy G. He's been here before. He knows what this feeling is going to be like. He knows what to expect, and Kyle Shanahan has McVay's number. This is Stafford's really, last week was his first playoff win. No? No, second. Second, second. So this is this is really his first playoff run. Um, I just think, I'm not saying he's going to completely shit the bed. I just, I'm going to go with the more experienced quarterback here. I like the three and a half points. If the Rams win, I do think it's going to be a field goal game. Um, I like it to be a rematch of 49ers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So give me uh, the 49ers. I'm going to take the Niners here to cover. I like the Rams to win. I think that this is a close game. Comes down to the wire. Comes down to a last second field goal. I think the Rams get it done. What I will say is remember... When Sean McVay played a uh, coach against Cliff Kingsbury in the wild card round, McVay always had Kingsbury's number, destroyed him. Kyle Shanahan has McVay's number. Now they're facing off. Does Kyle Shanahan once again have his number this time in the playoffs in the championship game? He might. I think the Rams are more talented. I think the Niners are more physical. Um, I, go, going back to our preseason prediction show, I picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl, and I picked them. Because I thought that what I saw from the Bucks last year was what what was what I was going to get from the Rams this year, and I think that we're about to see that happen. I think that Matthew Stafford, his impact, especially in the playoffs, 
I'm getting Tom Brady vibes from last year. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a team that's going on a run, a team that they had a nice start to the season. Then everybody wrote them off like they did with the Bucks last year. Then when it was time to turn it on, they turned it on. And I think that the Rams are turning it on. I think that this is a team destined for the Super Bowl. I like the Rams here to cover, but I know the Niners to cover, Rams, Rams to, to win. win. And that has been our championship weekend picks in the NFL. Rival fans, Clyde. Guys, any last thoughts? Uh, yeah, I do have a last thought. The Allen-Mahomes rivalry is going to be better than Brady and Manning, and we are going to witness some of the can greatest I, quarterback play ever. Can I say that everybody keeps throwing in Burrow and Herbert? I, I agree with the with the Burrow thing. Can Herbert like make the playoffs first? Yep, exactly, exactly. Make the playoffs first. Can you at least be on Bitch. a winning team? Be on, be on like a winning team where you play in the big games first. And, yeah, know, and don't have a coach who says, oh, "Yeah, I have balls every fourth down," but he doesn't. Bitch. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I have a last thought. It's all um, right. It's all right. Every time I turn on, you know, SNY, I watch base, baseball in New York because, like, that's the only thing I got for baseball. You know, I today and been the past week, I go. Holy shit! Because I think because of the lockout, we don't really, we can't. I it hasn't really sat in yet. But Max Scherzer's a Met, and <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like today, I'm watching SNY. It's like the amazing. Uh, the um, I forgot what the name of the show amazing is. Amazing comebacks. Yeah, amazing comebacks. And they go in 2019, a dual pitching matchup between two aces in the same division. Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom. I go, hey dad, look at that. So it's like. I, it really hasn't like I I still can't believe it yet, but I I just need this whole lockout thing to get over with so I could watch some like get ready for baseball season because pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in like three weeks. Yep, and you know get the lockout whole agreement shit done with so we can just focus on the upcoming season and look forward to a great summer baseball. It's not gonna hit you until spring training. Phil. I know, I know. Just imagine we've been doing this show every Thursday night for football season. What happens when football season ends? We oh. bash the Mets. It's going to be a bash nah, the Mets. Nah, no, no, we're going to get to. We're going to start talking about the lockout. Hopefully, they get the deal done, and then we we preview the Mets. We pre- we give you our MLB predictions for the season, which we are going to totally get wrong. And then oh, you know we're going to talk about free agency and football and the draft, obviously. And then of course, we're during the Mets season. I said it before the show. We're going to get the text from Nick at ten o'clock at night. Emergency podcast right now. Edwin Diaz sucks. We are going to bash him. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to get. I can't wait, but let's enjoy the football first. It's championship weekend. This is the best time of the year. We had had divisional round last week. Then we had championship weekend. We're finding out who's going to the Super Bowl. And, of course, we have the Pro Bowl next week. I'm so excited. No, we're not. Um, (laughs) Also, I'm 2-0 when I go to Ranger games. Actually, 3-0. Oh, yeah. Sag bet Artemi Panarin four, four games in a row to score a goal. He didn't tonight, and he scored first goal in a minute. In a minute. Of course. We'll see you next time, man. Peace out. God.